0: Hello, I'm Erica. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the
1: Are You New Here podcast. Yay, we're back. This is a podcast about pop cultural literacy. I'm the host who knows way too much about pop culture. And my sister, Stephanie, knows basically nothing. Yep, that's the whole conceit. We cover pop culture across movies and TV and books, which is what our topic is going to be today, with a nerdy bent, kind of sci-fi fantasy
0: lean. But before we get started, Stephanie, would you like to tell us our sponsor? Yes, today's sponsor is Live Journal. Because it's the year 2000. <laughs> yes. Well, once you share the theme, I think it will become obvious that Live Journal was very much a thing when this particular book series was written. Now, listener, I only know this because Erica used to do a serious Live Journal situation. And she also was seriously into this book series, which you'll find out very shortly. I know very little about. But anyway, so Live Journal. Thank you, Live Journal. Do you think it still exists? no we should find out someone should find out find out twitter at us i believe i may have also
1: had a geocities page that had some content from this book series along with my
0: sailor moon fan page for geocities uh i had a geocities page too also by the by it still exists livejournal.com Ooh, I wonder if my live journal is still live. You need to log in immediately, if not sooner. All (laughs) right, if it is, if it is, listener, we will go back and Erica will post a screenshot of something she found on her live journal, if she can find it. Yes. So we are covering the Wheel of Time book series by Robert Jordan. Which is not to be confused with wheel of fortune it's unrelated wheel of fortune
1: is a horrifying dystopian where people don't know how to spell But Wheel of Time is a totally different concept. It's a horrible dystopia where people can spell. No, I'm totally just kidding. That's not what it's about. (laughs) So in the 90s and 2000s, there were a number of these what's called epic fantasy or sword and sorcery fantasies that came out around the same time. And now they're kind of having a resurgence of popularity. So one of the series that was a contemporary of Wheel of Time was a little series that people might know. It was called The Song of Ice and Fire, but people probably know it better as Game of thrones I i've hear heard a, of that yeah
0: i hear a lot of people watch that on hbo yes i'm pretty sure that we sign up for hbo so that my husband can watch it when it's time and then we unsign up for it which is a thing that people did when they had cable the show is over yes it's over now yes and aren't people naming their children like khaleesi and things like that yes yeah, pretty hard fun fact peter dinklage was in an episode of 30 rock Liz Lemon thought he was a child and she was having baby fever. That is fun. But this podcast is not about Game of Thrones. This podcast is about a far superior book. (laughs) Series called The Wheel of Time. Now, Actually, this podcast is about random asides and yes. <laughs> tangents.
1: <laughs> this is the tangent episode. Yeah. So, I discovered The Wheel of Time at the Barnes and Noble in Comac in 1999. So I was... it was
0: already out for nine years. How many books had already been out by then? I believe that the seventh book had just come out, or wow, no Maybe seven possibly books the in nine years,
1: possibly the eighth. Let's go double check the wiki. I think the eighth had just come out
0: because the eighth came out in 1998. Eight books in nine years. Yeah, that's crazy, and they're not small. If they're I not small.
1: They're like the shortest ones, like seven hundred pages. And then it slowed down a lot. There's fourteen books total. It is an epic fantasy series. It is very traditional high fantasy, set in a medieval type world where there is magic and there is fighting with swords. Hence the sword and sorcery name of these. The background is so Robert Jordan, the author. What's his real name? Robin <laughs> Jordan
0: Robert. No, Robert Jordan is a pseudonym. but I do not remember off the top of my head. I did just look it up. His real name is James Oliver Rigney Jr. Good name. But the important thing, I was very obsessed with The Wheel of Time when I was in college, like very
1: obsessed with it. I read all the books and I may or may not have played the collectible card game and by may or may not, I mean definitely. Definitely. And my friends used to tease me that Robert Jordan was going to die before he finished the book series because they knew that that would make me very upset. And then he did, which was very unfortunate. But there's a bright side.
0: Did someone else finish it by chance? Yes. So
1: Robert Jordan's widow worked to find another author, Brandon Sanderson, who is a very good fantasy author in his own right, and brought him in to write, quote, the last book. And Brandon Sanderson wrote a trilogy.
0: I, if I recall, there was a lot to tie up. I know nothing. So maybe we should, should be back up yes. and I'll tell you what I know about this sure. series. What do you know about The Wheel of Time? Crickets. Nothing. I know basically nothing other than that. It's a long book series. You like it. And I know that from you telling me or complaining to me, I am guess I'm not sure which or both that there would be like entire books where characters didn't show up. There were just so many characters that like you would have a favorite character and you would have to wait two books, which was like approximately 83,000 pages for that character to come back. And the reason that this other guy who is not related to me, Sanderson, had to write a trilogy was because there was a ton to wrap up, plot lines all over the place. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So
1: basically the first book that he came in was like, all right, let's like herd these cats. back into some sort of semblance of plot and then continued to wrap it up and he did not create it out of whole cloth he worked from robert jordan's extensive notes so the series i believe ended pretty much the way that robert jordan wanted it to end
0: now what year did robert jordan die so he died somewhere between
1: book 11 and book 12 so book 11 came out in 2005
0: so he probably passed away 2006 2007 somewhere in there Wow. So it took that long, huh? I mean, we're talking like a 20 year thing.
1: So the first book came out in 1990. I started reading the books in 1999. The last book of the series came out in 2013. So I was in college when I started reading these books and I had been at The job I worked at prior to going to grad school for approximately seven years at that point by the time I finished this book series. And I remember I was working in Midtown and my watch battery died and I went to get a watch battery. And I remember reading the final book of the series while I was waiting, doing a grown up
0: task. Okay. So what drew you to the book? First of all, I can't believe in 1999 you were in college. I mean, of course you were, but I feel more like this was something you were doing in high school, but I guess not. So it was college and in fact this was the very first fantasy book
1: I ever read. And I read lots of science fiction and science fiction series. and prior to this I had never read fantasy. And so I was in the bookstore with some of my high school slash college friends. So I'm just gonna read you a
0: tiny little excerpt. Okay, from let's do this. The Eye of the World. What's the Eye of the World? Is that the book one? This is the first the one. Very first book. Yes. Oh, she has it, ladies and gentlemen, or lady. Or gentlemen, whoever you are, our one listener. She has a copy. Listen. Chapter one.
1: The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age called the third age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past. A wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. Ooh. Now, the reason that I read that is because that is how every single book of the series starts. Really? That paragraph,
0: yes. Interesting. Why?
1: The idea behind The Wheel of Time, the reason that the series is called The Wheel of Time, is that time is not linear, obviously. It is a wheel. And so history repeats itself. And that heroes of a past age are reborn into the current age.
0: Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. But time is still linear.
1: Mm, I mean, not according to Robert Jordan. It's a wheel. And the wheel has a Ouroboros symbol, which is the snake eating its own tail. Oh, yes.
0: That's unfortunate for the snake. Yeah, he never gets very far.
1: The idea behind the book series is that there was sort of this golden age of magic, And the magic in the Wheel of Time book series is called Channeling. And both women and men could channel. And there was this golden age. And then there was this big war against bad people, bad channelers, the forsaken, who were working for this ultimate evil guy. And the bad side is called the shadow. So basically there was this big war and the male side of magic got tainted. And so women could continue to do magic. And if men did magic, they went crazy. I like it. Yes. Don't worry. It's not really a feminist manifesto. We can talk about that in a bit. The story starts out where there was this great hero called the Dragon. There's a prophecy that the Dragon has been reborn cuz it's a wheel. Right. And so heroes get reborn. There is Moraine, this Aes Sedai, which is what the magic users are called, so the female magic users, who is
0: traveling
1: around Moraine. Moraine. It-
0: Oh, Maureen. I was going to say it's a fantasy novel and they named someone Maureen, which is a perfectly fine name, but okay. Maureen, like more rain.
1: Yes, Maureen. Okay. And she's traveling around with her warder, Lan. So a warder is basically somebody who is magically linked to their Aes Sedai and kind of is their muscle. So it's their job to protect their magic user, which is kind of ironic given that their magic user has magic. Um, is this like a familiar? No, it's a dude. It's a
0: person. It's a bodyguard. Yeah. It's, it's Kevin Costner. And
1: yes. And I, uh I,
0: I won't do that to be. So
1: there's not always a romantic relationship. Sometimes there's a romantic relationship, but not always. In this case, there is not between Maureen and Lan. And so they're traveling around and they come to this place called Emmonsfield in the Two Rivers. And it's this tiny little backwater town. And they find these three guys. Ran, Matt, but with one T, so it makes it fantasy. And Perrin. 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 Okay. And They think that one of these young gentlemen who are about 19 or 20, I think they're maybe 18 when the books start, is the dragon reborn, one of these three guys. And in addition, they find a young woman, Egwene, who has the ability to channel the source. The source is like what the the magic is. The
0: source is is like the force.
1: Yeah, kind of. And so has the ability to channel. So they bring her along and then they find the village wisdom, who's a woman who's a little bit older who's named Nynaeve, they also discover has the ability to channel, like, okay, well, I guess I should go off. I can't just let these like strangers take the young people out of the town. So she goes off. The book starts out that they leave their hometown, you know, one of the three plots. Someone comes to town, someone leaves town, and man versus Godzilla. Those are like the three <laughs> classic in high school. In high school, yes. So they go off and Maureen is taking the two women, Egwene and Inave, to the White Tower where they train a Sedai, but also is trying to figure out which of these three young men, if any, is the dragon reborn, who is the hero who is prophesized to save the world. Why does
0: she think one of them is the dragon?
1: I don't remember why she thinks one of them is the dragon. I read this book in
0: 1999. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Okay, but something tells her... So right. One of these dudes, like, hey, the dragon's going to be back on this wheel. It's, you're just waiting for his turn to come around, and it, he's probably one of these three dudes. Exactly.
1: The newest of these books is almost 10 years old, so let's go ahead and talk about spoilers. Rand is the dragon reborn. You find that out in book three, titled... The Dragon Reborn. It's not very.
0: Is that like the Duke and I?
1: (laughs) For our listeners who have been living under a rock for the last year, that is the first book of the Bridgerton series of romance novels. Which really, just go watch Bridgerton. That has nothing to do with Wheel of Time. So you know, everybody kind of goes off, and then they all have adventures, and then they bring in lots and lots and lots and lots and lots more characters to the point where it is untenable and there are so many main characters that yes there are entire books that go by where he just won't see a character and essentially what happened was the first say six books of the series were really really good lord of chaos which is the sixth book was my favorite one and then starting with book seven a crown of swords the way I like to describe it is that the books became all middle you know how books normally like have a beginning (laughs) a middle and an end even books within a series there's usually like some arc within that book something is happening in this book so that just stopped happening like after I read book eight I was waiting of the climax for book eight until book 12 when Brandon Sanderson came in and he was like oh we never finished that plot thread so like I used to make jokes like book eight in particular because I was waiting for the climax and I'd be like well maybe this movie I'm going to see is going to have the climax of
0: book eight (laughs) it could be anywhere (laughs) is it in my sock drawer maybe I left it on the subway And I I seem to remember finishing, I think it was
1: Crossroads of Twilight, the 10th book. I was just like, nothing happened in that book. None of the characters I care about were in this book. And I kind of wanted to throw it across the room. And how long was
0: that book? Oh, it was like a thousand pages. Oh my God. I can't believe you stuck with all this. I do not have this type of commitment.
1: Well, I once read all like 25 or something books in the Suki Sackhouse Southern Vampire series. And I was like, eh, I didn't really like that series.
0: Yes, I think we talked about that throwback to our vampire episode.
1: So overall, I really did like Wheel of Time. And of course, it is a tragedy that Robert Jordan died. But Brandon Sanderson came in and just sort of refocused everything because he took these notes and he was like, all right, we got to wrap this up. Robert Jordan could have easily written another like 15 books that just didn't really go anywhere.
0: So why do you think that happened? Was he just distracted or was he just making too much money per book? Like what? i think they stopped editing him i think he was selling
1: so much for tor that they just stopped editing him this is not an uncommon problem if you look at the harry potter books As the series goes on, the books get get longer, thicker and thicker. And it's not necessarily because there's so much more story that needs to be there. It's because as you become an author that is a best-selling author, these were New York Times bestsellers at the time, you have more power as an author. You can push back on an editor, right? Book one, when you're a brand new author and you're just excited to be published, you're going to take all those notes and you're going to do everything they tell you because you want them to publish your book. Book 10, when you're a New York Times bestselling author, and they've been waiting three years for
0: this book to come out, they say, we think you should edit this. And you go, "Mm, not feeling it. Yeah. So Tor, fun story about Tor. Is Tor related to Tor Labs? It must be, right? T-O-R. I don't know what Tor Labs is. Tor Labs has published one of my all-time favorite audio fiction podcasts called Steal the Stars which is total sci-fi and you would really like it actually it's much more you than me and it was written by mac rogers who is apparently a playwright and he also wrote for those of you who are podcast people the message and life after which are in the same feed but are different i liked the message better than life after but still the stars is like freaking amazing So Tor is one of my favorite publishers and has
1: published many, many great fantasy novels and science fiction too, but they're kind of known for fantasy. And Tor.com publishes original short fiction, short stories and novellas, which frequently are nominated for Hugo Awards. So it's a very well-respected place to publish short fiction on the internet these days. Of course,
0: when these books first came out, there was no internet. Interesting. So they have Tor.com has a podcast of its own own tour.com audio it's short stories so actually episode 20 is first born by your boy brandon sanderson the episode one is a john scalsey book which who we saw remember yep at the national book fair the one that library of congress puts on every year here in dc and so yeah so that was we saw him and actually i then read a number of his books because i was inspired to and then you also explained to me about red shirts John Scalzi great. The first time I went to Worldcon, I was talking about red shirts at a party.
1: And then I realized that John Scalzi was standing about five feet from me. I was talking <gasps> really? about his book. Yeah. <laughs> Did you talk to him? No, I was way too shy to talk to him.
0: Oh, come on. When do you get that kind of chance? I know, but... Boo. Well, hopefully this year's Worldcon. Hopefully we'll have crushed COVID by then. Yes. All right. So I'm not sure if Tor Labs is related to Tor. I wouldn't um, be surprised if it was because Tor is very much has moved into the digital space these days. Anyway, I highly recommend Steel the Stars. Interestingly enough, someone who was one of the producers on Steel the Stars, I'm taking over this for a moment, just started a new podcast, which is not an audio drama such that you have actors playing. It's more of a storytelling. It's fantastic. It is called Machina. And it is about two rival companies that are creating AI that are going to help humans colonize Mars. And it's storytelling in that it's a narrator telling the story, but she does voices. And it's much more like an audiobook. It's great. It's called Machina. And one of the best characters is an AI dog who hangs out at the bar called the Moonshot, where everybody hangs out. All the coders and developers hang out. And the dog's name is Sudo. And if you want, you could program sudo to do whatever you want. The guy who invented him has made special electronic paper. And so you write out some code and then you feed it to him and he'll run the program. Anyway, sudo, it's super cute.
1: I would love it if my dog would do that. Toby, it's 3
0: a.m. Stop barking. Here, eat this piece of paper. Eat this piece of paper, yes. Well, this dog is not real. And uh, apparently he has a, like a banner across where his eyes would be, sort of like a crawl, you know, like in Times Square. And it says like, woof. <laughs> and he makes drinks. What more could you want? Anyway, let's get back to tour and then back to Wheel of Time. Back to books. Brandon
1: Sanderson, who finished this series, wrote a series called Mist, which I haven't read, also wrote the Stormlight Archive, which is excellent. And I am a couple books behind, but it is absolutely great. So what's great about these fantasy novels, these high fantasy novels, they're good books. And then you can use them like literally as doorstops or like, you know, <laughs> to stop a wobbly table. I mean, they're like, they're actual like bricks.
0: What is high Did you say high High fantasy? fantasy. Is it different
1: than low
0: fantasy? It's more
1: traditional fantasy, so it's fantasy more in the vein of Tolkien. And here I will admit to my dirty little secret
0: of not liking Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. I only read The Hobbit.
1: It's basically fantasy in the medieval bent. They're going to be riding horses and fighting with swords and usually there's battles there's wars going on there's magic users obviously because it's fantasy that's why it's also called sword and sorcery and it's typically set a completely made up fantasy world for example wheel of time and a lot of these like a lot of these books wheel of time has its own map of its world And I'm not afraid to admit that one of my Wheel of Time books, I don't remember which one, came with the map. And it was hanging above the desk in my dorm room for like three years. So there's various geographic features. There's made up countries. There's made up rivers and and oceans and things. I will see if I can find a good illustration of the world of Wheel of Time and post that to our Twitter. That is part of it, is having this map and then, you know, they're describing the countries and they're traveling around, right, on horseback, and so you can kind of visualize where they're going. And there's usually politics at play, politics between the countries and how they kind of interact and whether they're gonna be fighting each other or fighting the big bad. Like in a Game of Thrones, everyone's
0: trying to become a throne. I know, it's so weird. They want to turn into a chair. I just, I mean, it seems really weird to me and then one of the ladies is naked for no reason and I just think the whole thing is very strange that's by the way all I know about Game of Thrones and they have purple dragons
1: also I got one word for you and that word is incest and that's all we're gonna say about Game of Thrones let's go back to this whole women can do magic women but men but men can't well they can they just go crazy so Maureen brings Egwene and ave back, they become A The Aes are these magic users and they have different Ajas. And the Ajas, A-J-A-I, they're like sororities. So you pick the type of magic that you want to specialize in and then pick your Aja. So like ave who's a healer, picks the yellow Aja. And then there's the red Aja who are like the militant ones. So there's seven of them, but then there's the secret black Aja who are like the bad guys. So usually- you have to pledge? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really? like, I was yeah,
1: there's like some hazing that happens. You pick the one you want, but you have to be accepted into that. And they all have their own little like secrets. Is there so, purple? Purple is not one of the colors.
0: Oh, I'm out. I know. There's mm. white, red, blue, green, yellow gray i think red and orange and yellow and green and purple and olive and gray and orange and i don't know exactly how joseph's mother she was quite my favorite wife she's actually like putting her head down like please stop okay there's Any- lots of colors and then black is the the evil version is yeah. that what you're mm-hmm. saying okay and black
1: is kind of the secret aja where people are are adherents of the shadows
0: is the shadow like the dark side of the force
1: yes So essentially what happens is this goes on. We find out that Rand is the dragon reborn. One of the things is that he can do magic and he is bringing magic back to men and he's finding the men who can do magic in the past. They would, what's called still them, which is basically like they burn out their ability to do magic so they don't go crazy. And he's like, nah, it's bad. We should just do magic. And he's like, some of my friends are going to go nuts. That's cool.
0: So he's kind of like the Justin Timberlake of his time.
1: Yes. Bringing sexy back. And his goal is to cleanse the male side of the source. But basically, Rand is the worst. He sucks. <laughs> and what makes this worse is, so he's prophesized to die in the last battle. That's like his whole shtick. Uh-huh. They spend like literally 13 books talking about how he's going to die in the last battle. Does and he then not? he doesn't.
0: Oh, boo. Come on. What's the point of a prophecy? And he's already the worst. And also
1: there's these three women, Avienda, Elaine, and Min. Now, Min's kind of useless. She can't channel, but she has like these visions. So she's not that exciting. But Avienda is very powerful channeler and a wise one of her people, the Ale. And Elaine is also a very powerful channeler and the queen of her country, Andor, which is the country where Rand and his friends grew up, and all three of them fall in love with Rand, and they just decide like, eh, that's cool, we'll share him. And I'm like uh, You're like Okay. Mm. Is this big love? Right. Like on the one hand, if he were cool, maybe, but he's the worst. And you guys are I don't care about Min, whatever she sucks. And your mileage may vary with her, but like the other two, Elaine's a queen. She's a legit queen. And she's like, yeah, I'll share this dude with two other women. Like, why? It just... Uh. Because, so, men,
0: because men wrote these books. Yes. So that is it, a it, male it, fantasy situation.
1: Right. People are like, oh, these books are feminist because there's all these powerful women. But like, really? They're not. <laughs> because of that. So... A Green, who is my favorite character, she's awesome. She's also really powerful. She becomes the and Seat, which is the leader of the Ace Well, at first she's like the leader of the Splinter Tower because they have a schism, but then she becomes like the legit leader. And then she is one, the only main character who dies in the last battle. In 2021 parlance, they done her dirty. And she's, like, awesome, and she's in love with this guy who's Elaine's brother. In book six, it was like, I was really excited, you know, oh, it was new love, and they were happy, and, you know, there's a little romance subplot, and I liked that, but, like, by the time we got to the end, he was, like, such a liability, and she was just like, oh, I can't live without him. He sucks. Just move on with your life. So... Rance the Dragon Reborn, Matt has preternatural luck. He's a gambler, but he's also just like super duper lucky. At some point he loses an eye. Also, he marries this chick because in their culture, it's saying we're married three times makes them married. And that's how he ends up married to like her. Like Beetlejuice? Kind of, yes. <laughs> and Perrin talks to wolves. Sure. As yeah, one does. As one does. And the three of them are something called Severin, which means that they are important threads in the pattern. So you have the Wheel of Time, right, where history mm-hmm. is sort of repeating itself and heroes are being reborn. And then you also have the pattern, which is the whole idea of the fates weaving pattern and the taverin kings influence the pattern they're very important pieces within the pattern so the three of them well only one of them ended up being the dragon reborn the three of them are taverin which is maybe now that i think about it why maureen thought that one of them was the dragon reborn because they were taverin so
0: they how sort would of- she know that they were taverin magic oh also doesn't that sound like something you have on the Seder plate yeah (laughs) and now dip the (laughs) taverin yes and a
1: queen she's got magic she can channel but she also is a
0: dreamwalker she's
1: got like the ability to walk in the dream world and to like go talk to her friends in their dreams which is kind of useful since there were no cell phones
0: oh that is convenient but they have to be asleep yes so she has to wait like what if she really needs to talk to someone but they have insomnia well, then she's uh, out of luck.
1: She's got to go to her useless boyfriend and be like, uh, can you send a telegram or something? No, not a telegram. I don't know. Some sort of message Carry on a pigeon.
0: Um, A <laughs> scroll. So this one that you like, she was the original wise woman from the original village?
1: No, that was 9-8. Egwene was 16 when she went off with Rand and company
0: with Maureen. Oh, okay. So she was the and- other woman in their party.
1: Right. When they were living in their small little village, it was always assumed that she would marry Rand, which, woof, she dodged a bullet with that one. You know, when they went out into the wider world, they sort of got over that, which was good, because he's the worst. Nineve, the wise woman from Emmonsfield, ended up with Lan, Moraine's warder, and Lan was the last king of Malkyr. So basically what happened was he was born to be the king of this country in the north that was on the border, and then it got kind of swallowed up by the blight, where the blight was the shadow's influence so think of it as if you lived in like a border town and the sea level rose but
0: evil okay so they were covered by evil yes like water but did people still live there
1: no so he escaped when he was a child and so he was like a king with no kingdom so he had some issues I mean I could imagine
0: what about all the other people where'd they go they kind of scattered I always wonder this about fantasy books like they're written in a certain time so he actually was writing it in 1989 or whatever right when it came out in 90 but yet it's about a made-up time in a made-up place. Does it have any influence of that actual time during which Mr. Jordan was writing or does that not really happen? It
1: depends on the book series and on the author. Science fiction and fantasy always comment on the times in which we live in just because it's a way to write about the world without writing about the world some more than others this series do i think that it was like about the cold war no i think he just created a fantasy world unlike when you read some of the sci-fi of the 50s and 60s you're like ooh, this is super about the cold war so the clintons (laughs) don't show up the clintons do not show up the animaniacs do but just for a little while
0: (laughs) excellent What about (laughs) DuckTales? Woo! (laughs) So Wheel
1: of Time isn't overly political other than the general politics of this world where... The countries have mistrust of each other, but then the setire, power unto themselves, almost like the Vatican. Not that they're a religious order necessarily, but they're their own power where people come from all over. And then, you know, of course, everybody eventually bands together to fight the Shadow in the last battle. Does the Shadow win? No. Okay, that's good. And Ren does not die, which still pisses me off.
0: How do you fight a Shadow?
1: Well, the Shadow is just the general name for evil. So the Shadow has a lot of adherents, So people under the influence, as well as the Forsaken, who were very powerful magic users who got sealed up when they fought the shadow the previous time the Forsaken just got like sealed in a vault and then what happens now in Rand's time is that these seals are failing and so the Forsaken start coming out. So now you have these very powerful magic users who are evil coming out into the world and so one of the things in the early going is that they are disguising themselves as other people. So there are Forsaken out in the world and you don't know who are Forsaken. There are people who are bad and you don't know they're bad. The Black Aja are members of the Green Aja the Yellow Aja or the Red Aja
0: but they're also evil. They're secretly evil. So you're saying that people who are doing bad things don't walk around wearing a t-shirt that's like, hey, sup? I'm actually evil. Don't trust me. Yeah. Is this like when we find out that everyone in Slytherin is evil? Yes. Or did we already know that? It's like that, right? People who are Voldemort adherents mm-hmm. they're not going around
1: wearing like Voldemort lives t-shirts, right? <laughs> so that would be fun. It's the same thing. So there's a little bit but of don't that. don't they have like a tattoo or like something that glows? The Death Eaters, but the ones from like the original war back when Harry was a baby. The right. new ones don't have the snake
0: tattoos. All right. So there are these people who, like Han, were locked up in gold. What was he locked up in? He was locked in carbonite. Carbonite. They, okay. were, they were sealed away. All right. So they were sealed away, not in carbonite. And then the seals are busting. And, and so they're coming they're out. Like, and they're just walking around and being like, sup? I'm not a forsaken. I'm cool. I'm I'm just like your neighbor, Joe. It's cool. Exactly. And then you also have these women who are channelers who are in Aja's of multiple colors, but then they're secretly also in the black Aja. So like they're wearing their yellow t-shirt and then underneath they're wearing their black t-shirt.
1: Well, yes, but
0: also that makes them bumblebees, but yes. <laughs> it, of course it makes them bumblebees. Yes, obviously. Yeah. So then they come together with Rand the dragon dude, who also has all these men who have gone a little nuts because they're doing magic when they probably shouldn't. Right. A little bit crazy. A little crazy. Okay. So those are the three people who are on the shadow side. No, no, no. Rand is a good guy. Oh, Rand is a good guy. I'm sorry. Okay. So the the Looney Tunes men are on the good side and then the right. forsaken and the black ajas are on the shadow okay. side
1: right and then there's people who can't do magic who also are adherents of the shadow why and now you will see that evil will always triumph because, because good, good is, is dumb,
0: dumb. is that why, why? Okay, yeah. i understand that <laughs> so is this one of these like another harry potter thing where like people don't know that there's this whole other group of people or does everyone know about all these magical people
1: Harry Potter is contemporary fantasy. There's this hidden world of magic. In most fantasy series, magic is just out in the open. It's
0: like people who can curl their tongue or people who can't.
1: Exactly. You either have the affinity for magic or you do not.
0: So who thought this was a feminist book when actually the women are just like, they may have power, but they're also like, oh, I love him. it it's not
1: all like that. I mean, I'm not saying there's a huge amount of people who are like, oh, these are feminists. But like, there are a lot of powerful women in these books, women who are queens, women who have a lot of power, the women can use magic and the men can't without going crazy. You know, so when I first started reading them, I was like, "Ooh, powerful women, but not really. Mostly, it's just Rand and his three chicks, his harem. So is that uncommon? In fantasy? Yes. It depends on the author. I don't think there are like, a lot of chicks in lord of the rings i think there's like that one elf chick but it's kind of a dude fest is my understanding that is also my understanding yes but in more modern fantasy there's a more balanced gender ratio typically are there a lot of women fantasy writers there are now. One of my favorite epic fantasy series currently is written by this author, Kristen Britton, and it's the Green Rider series. It has a female protagonist. There is a little bit of a like, oh, I love you, but we can't be together plot, which is more sad than annoying. It's really, really good. And like I said, a female protagonists, the magic users are of both genders and are treated fairly equitably. I think there are a lot of female fantasy authors writing urban fantasy, although urban fantasy is not as common as it was. Urban fantasy is fantasy set in... A city. Yes. And and in like a modern day city setting, like Chicago or Toronto or Cincinnati, which apparently is a real city and also is right across the river from Kentucky.
0: WKRP in Cincinnati. So
1: things I learned from fantasy novels, that Cincinnati is across the river from Kentucky. Okay, so more stuff to talk about Wheel of Time. So there is a lot, a lot, a lot of plot. It's not even like with Star Wars where I'm like, oh, I only have nine movies to get through. Each of these books could probably be a trilogy of movies and there's 13 of them. So there's just so much plot. It's just not realistic to talk about plot. But what I will say... If you are interested, but you do not have the 10,000 hours it takes to (laughs) read these books because you'd rather spend them, I don't know, like mastering squash or something. There is about to be an Amazon Prime television series because when Game of Thrones was such a big hit for HBO... All the streaming and cable channels were like, holy crap, can we do this just like Game of Thrones? And so they were like fishing around. And so Amazon decided to option Wheel of Time. Now there's a very interesting history about the optioning of Wheel of Time, which is when the film rights were originally sold, company that had them, the rights were about to expire. And so they created a very terrible pilot and aired it at like two in the morning so that their rights wouldn't expire. Wait, who did this? So the company company that had acquired the film rights, television and film rights, their rights were about to expire. And the way that film rights work, it's a use it or lose it situation. You have the rights up to a certain date. And if you don't create something by that date, they revert back to the original creator. This is why Sony reboots Spider-Man every like three years. (laughs) Every like 10 minutes. They don't want the rights to revert back to marvel who will then be like ah, suckers the company that had them the optioning of wheel of time did create this pilot and it was like a very crappy cheap pilot you know how like magic air fryer or like the, <laughs> the, the super pans or whatever Susan like suzanne Summers thigh master exactly run these like infomercials in the middle of the night and it's like a yes. paid program Do they That's, still have that they do and that is how <laughs> the original wheel of time pilot aired so that they could keep the rights Now. After that, there were Wait, no Wait, George
0: Foreman was selling the original. That is <laughs> correct. Games, uh, whatever we're talking about, Wheel of Time yes that is correct george foreman and his grail
1: yes so but there were no more episodes so eventually the rights revert back to well i think by then robert jordan passed away so to his widow and she sold them again to amazon recently and so the amazon series which is job on her yes probably made a boatload so the amazon series which is currently filming they keep releasing like literally six second teaser trailers yes six seconds why what is Um, this quibby? it's basically to torture people like me who've been waiting for a wheel of time series for 20 years the biggest name in the wheel of time cast probably the only name in the wheel of time cast rosamund pike is going to play maureen and i assume she will have her british accent because it doesn't matter who's Um, rosamund pike she is an actress she has blonde hair she played the lead in gone girl the movie not the book she played
0: the lead in the book how would she even do that no i said the movie not the book <laughs> but that doesn't even make any sense whatever it's like this yeah like this podcast makes sense okay carry on so she's like the one big name that they okay. got and got then it. i assume that either this
1: is going to be a huge hit for amazon and all the people in will be super famous or it's going to be a dud i feel like there's no in between with this i feel like it's either going to be like a really monster hit like game of thrones was or it's just gonna like
0: well are there as many fans well okay back up because i assume a lot of people who were fans of game of thrones the show were not fans of the books per se right so they're definitely trying to
1: capitalize on that market of oh people like to watch fantasy on television
0: but only if they're naked apparently that was like the whole thing about wheel of time um i'm sorry game of of thrones like they were just like naked all the time were they not they were Also, incest. Did I mention the
1: incest? You did, actually, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As the books are written, there is not a lot of nudity in Wheel of Time. I know, that might disappoint our one listener. Now, I don't know, is there going to be a lot of nudity in the Amazon series? I mean, it's not HBO, so maybe? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I don't know, because they keep only releasing six-second teaser trailers where they just show, like, the wheel in the Ouroboros, which doesn't Tell me whether people are going to be naked or not. It's like, that is a picture of the cover of one of the books. Great. Yeah, that is not helpful. So we shall see. There is no official release date, but I believe that it is supposed to be coming sometime this year.
0: So we will find out. So can we talk about Robert Jordan's wife for a minute here? Sure. Okay, so thank you, Wikipedia. I am learning that her name is Harriet harriet papa mcdougall rigney and she was an editor in her own right and she published robert jordan's first book
1: before before they got
0: married how awesome is she well yes like i said she's been
1: very fiercely protecting the estate she's the one that handpicked brandon sanderson to finish the books and worked with him very closely to make sure that the ending of the books was following the notes and within the spirit. And she's the one that once the film rights reverted, she was very careful about who got the film rights. And that's part of why it's taken so long to have a film adaptation because she didn't want just any old movie. She wanted the books done right. And I think that TV was always what they really wanted because think about it. The first book, Mm-hmm. is 814 pages in paperback. Oh, no, sorry. That includes the glossary because this is such a stupidly long book that it has a glossary. Without the glossary, it is only 782 pages. Now, a normal novel is maybe somewhere in the three to 400 page range. And when you make a movie out of that, much has to be cut. There's just too much information for a two-hour movie. Obviously, if you want to adapt the whole thing, TV is the only way to go. You basically have 13 seasons, right, that you could do. Although, I don't know how you do those books that are like all middle and that you have whole characters like just missing from books because that wouldn't fly very well. Being Mm -hmm. like, oh, your favorite character is just not in this season, right? Yeah. So I assume that they might have to do a season that's like, Books eight and nine at the same time. Cover eight and nine in two seasons, but intercut them in a different way so that you're following all the characters that you've been following. As there are more characters, it's harder and harder. So it might be that not every major character in the books gets emphasis in the TV show because it'll just be too many people to follow. Even I would just be like, sometimes, okay, I don't remember who this character was. <laughs> like, you know, I haven't seen this character in four books and I just don't know who this is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot there may be more of a focus on the main characters and obviously that's not as big a deal for the early books because the cast is smaller oh I'm looking at characters and I saw a picture of
0: Perrin's stupid wife who I hated why Why did you keep reading this if you like really didn't like many of the characters did you just feel committed no of the like 5,000 characters
1: I probably disliked only a few. I liked many of the characters, but there were some characters
0: that annoyed me, just like people in the world. Well, sure, but I guess there's just many, many characters. So Right.
1: And so what's kind of good about a book series where there are a lot of characters is everyone has their favorites. Of my friends, certainly, everyone had a different favorite character, and that was totally fine. There were some characters that just I personally found annoying. It wasn't that they were bad characters, necessarily. Well, parent's wife sucked. Right, so sometimes you'd be reading and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm a, I like this character," and then be like a few chapters with that character, and then you jump for the next few chapters to another character, and you'd be like, "Yeah, this is not my favorite character," and it would make you like want to keep reading so you could get back to the characters you liked better. Of the characters that I really hated or that really annoyed me, I mean, other than Rand, who was the worst. Okay. If you spend 13 books saying how somebody is prophesied to die in The Last Battle, you damn well better kill them in the 14th book.
0: Well, I feel like that's probably not his
1: fault. Not Rand's fault? No. Yes. right. Because he's a fictional character. And uh, also, to be perfectly clear, I also do not believe it was Brandon Sanderson's decision. I believe that that was 100%
0: what Robert Jordan wanted. I mean, how could you ever believe a prophecy again?
1: Exactly. I know. I know the crazy dude on the corner said I was going to win the lottery. And I was just like, nope, I don't believe in prophecies anymore.
0: (laughs) All right. So the takeaway here is that you very much enjoyed these books, except for all of the parts you didn't.
1: I very much enjoyed these books. They are very much escapist literature in the sense that it's not escapist like throwaway, it's escapist in you just are completely immersed in this other world that is just about these characters in this world and what's going on with them and their politics. These types of fantasy novels can be very engrossing because of that, because you're just so wholly immersed in the story. So I very much enjoyed them. I spent much of my 20s (laughs) obsessed with them. Like that's not even a joke, like a lot of of your 20s a lot of my 20s obsessed with these books yes if you want to read the books before the show comes out later this year in some unspecified date probably you only have to read the first book probably the first season is only going to cover the first book which is called the eye of the world my copy has Lan and Maureen riding horses on the cover but I do believe that there were new editions that came out with new covers also Maureen's really short which I don't know if Rosamond Pike is. So
0: we shall see if that detail- to gets- Is she actually short in the book or just in the picture? No, she's actually short in the book. I like this already. Why didn't you start with that? <laughs> it seems to me like if you wanted to pull me in, you should have said main character, short. Short,
1: yes. Also, Ninave has her defining characteristic is she has one long braid that she's always tugging on. The actress that they cast has many braids in her picture, so I don't know if they're going to keep that detail. So Wheel of Time is good. I definitely recommend it. If you enjoy it, you can move on to The Sword of Truth, which is a similar type book until he devolved into Ayn Rand Objectivism, which, you know... At that point, you can clock out and no one will blame you for that. I mean, I kept going because I kept thinking it would get better and it did eventually. But anywho, so that was when fantasy goes into real world philosophy. And mostly it's just like, it's not really what you want. And if you like those books, you don't need to go read the Game of Thrones series. There's others. Excellent.
0: Okay. I think that probably wraps it up. I have learned that Rand is the worst and prophecies can't be trusted. So that's great. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for listening to
1: this topic, which is something that you knew even less about than usual. That's true. I appreciate that. The, The movies and the TV shows that we've talked about, you've had some basic peripheral pop culture sense of those, whereas Wheel of Time is a little bit more off the beaten path. So thank you for indulging me. And for our listeners, thank you so much for listening. We love you you one person, you. We love you. And if you like this episode and you want to hear our other episodes, you can check us out on anchor.fm slash r-u-new-here. We're on Spotify. We're on Pocket Cast. We're on Overcast. We're on um, Rabbit Cast. That one's not real. but you can find us on many many podcasters also we are on twitter at newhere_pod. pod we tweet when there's a new episode so if you follow us on twitter you will see when there are new episodes and new content released and also you can ask us questions about wheel of time or other pop culture you can suggest topics and maybe we'll give you a shout out on the show this podcast was hosted by Erica. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephanie. Party on, Eric. Um, party on, Steph. Our unpaid intern is Pirate Toby, a.k.a. the Dread Puppy Roberts. <laughs> And on our next podcast, I believe we are going to be covering the Netflix science fiction anthology series, Black Mirror. So that's something for you to look forward to a little more contemporary and back to TV. Until then, have a nerdy day. Have a nerdy day.